This is Maine Coast Doc Talk, a podcast bringing you the latest news and stories from Maine's working waterfronts. This podcast is brought to you by the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. I'm your host, Ben Martens. In the middle of February, the Conservation Law Foundation, or CLF, filed a petition to the National Marine Fisheries Service and the Secretary of Commerce asking them to take immediate action to end the overfishing of Atlantic cod. And the way that they asked the Secretary of Commerce to enact their request was to take the management of cod away from the New England Fishery Management Council, which is where we currently create regulations for fisheries in New England. And so what we're going to be talking a little bit about today is why the Conservation Law Foundation brought this petition, what it means, but more importantly, why the consumer should still feel comfortable eating local cod. So I'm here today with Monique Coombs, who's the Director of Marine Programs for the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association and all-around great consumer of local seafood and lover of local seafood. And so we're going to have a little conversation around this, and hopefully we'll shed some light on some of our thoughts about what's happening in New England's fisheries, why this is an important thing for us to be talking about, but more importantly, why cod should still be a part of your dinner. So Monique, welcome. Thanks for joining. Hello. Yes, thank you for having me in your office all the way from my office. I dragged you <laughs> down the hall. Well, I just found, I, I find that this is one of those things that I get asked over and over again, is it okay to eat cod? And this was before the Conservation Law Foundation filed this petition. And in response to this petition, the Boston Globe had an article that said, is it time to boycott cod? And so, Monique, is it time <laughs> to boycott cod? It is not time, nor will it ever be, well, time to boycott cod. And yes, I got the same question at our What's the Catch event a few weeks ago because we had a whole cod there for people to see. And someone asked me how we even had it there and why we had it there. And I did my best to try to explain to them that yes, cod is good to eat if our fishermen are landing it in the United States, especially in Maine, please eat the cod. But I have a clarifying question for you in regards to the CLF actions. So you said that they were requesting that management be taken away from the council and put to whom? Just that it should be stopped completely? Or like, what was their next step after that? Yeah, so fisheries management is done through NOAA, mm -hmm. so National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration. That actually exists under the Secretary of Commerce in our federal government, which is a little weird, considering that's where all of our science is done for the weather and, and everything else, but Commerce Department. So they are actually going straight to the Secretary of Commerce and saying, the New England Fishery Management Council has screwed up the management of this fishery for so long, you need to step in and take it over and do the right thing to protect this fishery. Gotcha. Okay. And so essentially right now, the New England Fishery Management Council does a collaborative approach where there's fishermen involved, there's public outreach, there's engagement from a lot of different stakeholders, and this would remove that process and really make it a top-down approach to management and we've seen that happen in a lot of our other natural resources but fisheries is still pretty unique what do you think the impacts for fishermen would be if something like that happened so it, it depends on what the secretary of commerce came in and and did and just to be super blunt 
I don't think he's going to intervene on on their behalf. This administration, I don't think that they're predisposed to get engaged in these types of, of issues. And, and this in particular is a, a fairly confusing one to try and engage in. But essentially, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to read this because it's, it's, this gets to the heart of what the Conservation Law Foundation is saying. And it says that short-term economic interests have dominated decisions at the New England Fishery Management Council, which has long ignored scientific concerns and set catch limits for Atlantic cod using one, inaccurate catch data, two, an arbitrary control rule process that does not reliably end overfishing, and three, repeatedly overly optimistic about interpretations of stock assessment models that routinely underestimate fishing mortality and overestimate stock biomass and produce growth projections that have not materialized. So in short, they're saying they're not controlling how many cod are being killed and the science that's being done to assess the stock is all crap. So Ben, you talk to our fishermen quite a bit about this kind of thing. What do they say that they're seeing for cod out in the ocean and how something like this makes their job somewhat difficult? Yeah, I mean, the fishermen are seeing more cod than what science is showing. Um, That's not to say that cod is healthy, right? The science is saying we're at 2% of where we wanna be. And fishermen, if they're seeing double that, that's still really bad for cod. And maybe we're seeing triple, maybe we're seeing quadruple. That's still bad. That's not a, it's not a healthy fish stock. But I, I think that we, our fishermen are more optimistic about the future of cod than those at the Conservation Law Foundation are at this point. And, and just to co- kind of go back and answer your previous question, the things that the Secretary of Commerce could do if he was to agree with the Conservation Law Foundation and intervene would be he could shut down big chunks of the Gulf of Maine um, and Georgia's bank to fishing. He could require certain types of gear to be used. He could shut down the fishery certain times of year. Those are the types of of actions. He could also say we need 100% accountability on this fleet, which is something that the New England Fishery Management Council is already working on. So, you know, that might be the the solution that everybody together comes to. and, And that's where we end up. But it adds a layer of stress and uncertainty to the fishing industry around cod, which was one of the most important species for us economically, and now is one of the most important species to try and protect and rebuild and fish around and avoid out on the water. So I think we should talk about a few different things then, um, because of course the point and the message that we want to get across is for consumers, if they're seeing cod available in markets like Harbor Fish or Plants or Free Range or Cantrells or Moody's or any of the seafood places around, that they should feel good about buying cod right now. So I think we should talk about the prices and Mm, what that means for consumers as well as the fishermen. And I think after we talk about that, it would be interesting to talk about what consumers can do in regards to seafood because I think we've talked before about, you know, consumers should not be driving what fishermen are catching. We should be thinking more about letting the fishermen tell us what's abundant and what's available. And that if consumers ate more of a variety of seafood and they ate in season and they thought about buying local and paying fair prices, that, you know, that would be something that, you know, is a better outlook for for fishermen. I think that that leads into a response to the Boston Globe. Okay. Right? So should we boycott cod? 
Absolutely no. not. And partially that's because no fishermen are targeting cod when they're going out on their boats and fishing. Cod is part of the ground fish fishery. So uh, there's 19 different stocks that make up the ground fish fishery. And so that'd be cod and haddock and pollock and the flounders, um, a bunch of different things. And fishermen are going out and they are targeting one of the healthy stocks. So they might be trying to catch pollock or hake or haddock. But cod mixes in with those species. So when they're out there, they're going to catch some cod, no matter how hard they're working to avoid it. And what we've seen is that fishermen have gotten pretty good at avoiding catching cod, but they'll catch a few pounds here, a few pounds there, a couple hundred pounds in any given trip where they're landing thousands of pounds of other things. And so right now, if we create incentives for fishermen not to bring that fish to shore because they don't get paid for it, it actually starts to undermine a lot of the scientific data that is really important for stock assessments and everything else. And so what we want is if the fish are coming on board, we want the fishermen to bring them to shore and we want them to get paid for it. And so we don't want to be creating brand new markets where fishermen are targeting cod, but that's never going to happen because of the scientific process and system of management that we currently have. And what about the price for fishermen? If people boycott cod, what does that do for the cost of their business and running their business and operation? So if you're not getting paid for the fish you're catching, you're not going to be able to run your business, right? Like it's it's very straightforward. Is Right now we have a system of management called sectors, and each fisherman is essentially given a pile of fish that they're allowed to catch over the course of a year. And as they draw down on that, once they run out of a species, they can lease in. It's a, it's a cap and trade system. And so if uh, somebody wants to go fishing for pollock and they need cod, there's a cost to having that cod as a part of the fishery. And if they aren't getting paid on the other side, they're just losing money on that fish. So because it, it's, they have to pay for it. They have to pay for it. The, the fishermen have to lease that fish. They have to have that. It's called an allocation, but they have to have it on their permit. They don't have it they can't leave the dock they can't go fishing and so they are actively trying to avoid cod but if they catch it we should be willing to eat it and the price of what they have to pay to catch it can go up if there's not a great market for it yes right? very much so so they could like you said literally lose money if consumers aren't buying it and they still have to pay for it. We had fishermen all last year who were losing money for every pound of cod that they landed. And that's, you know, it's still a great high quality protein that's good for us to eat. And, you know, we don't want fishermen catching cod, but they are not trying to. And we shouldn't be punishing fishermen for landing the fish that they are legally required to land. Okay, Ben. As you know, I have some experience in the agriculture industry and it is a very humanized industry when people are thinking about buying local foods whether it's carrots or kale or broccoli they really consider that they're buying local and supporting the farmer don't you think it's sort of interesting in this situation it's a bit reversed and we're talking about boycotting a species regardless of its impact to family fishing businesses and our local fishermen yeah, I mean, I, I think that kind of comes down to the disconnect that we have between the fishermen and the seafood and the consumer. And 
we interact with our farmers a lot more than fishermen, whether it's through farmers markets or even you go into a restaurant and you see the farmer's name in the farm associated with a lot of the things that are on the menu. The same with a lot of grocery stores, even Hannaford in, in town, like you'll see a list of the different farms that they work with. And a lot of times there's a farmer's name or a picture. And so it is, it's become an industry of connections and faces and, and people really care about supporting that. And so I, I think that one of the one of the like tangential ways that we could think about this is for a long time, many of us just said, I'm only buying organic, right? And then we slowly learned that, well, organic is just a label, right? It's a, it's a classification. Not all small local farms can be classified as organic. Because so they can't afford it. They can't, they can't afford, afford it. the label. Right? Even if they're doing everything or production-wise to be organic, they can't afford it. And so I think that what we saw on the agriculture side is that there was a lot of education that went along with it so that it wasn't like, oh, I went to a farmer's market and they weren't selling organic. It was like, well, they were selling local and I care about the community. I care about the localness of it. And I care about the care that they are putting into their business and that they're doing the right thing. And I, I have more certainty around that than something that is branded organic from someplace far away. And I, I think that that's where we, we need to get to in fisheries is understanding that if a fisherman is bringing a cod to shore, they're doing it because of the right reasons, and we should not be vilifying them for that. And uh, we should be trying to empower them to, to do bo better, to do more, to have a, have a sound business. And we, we just aren't there right now in understanding all the different pieces that go into fishing and fishing regulations and fishery science and the fishing business. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's such a good point that we really should be rewarding our fishermen more for abiding by regulations and trying to institute sustainable practices and, you know, bringing in healthy, good protein, great seafood, as opposed to, to vilifying them for, for whatever reasons. And I think you bring up a really good point to the organic conversation. You know, uh, I think Sadly, too often when we're reading about fisheries, we're reading about world fisheries and United States fisheries get lumped in with the rest of the world when we have the best fisheries in the United States. And of course, we're pretty partial to Maine fishermen and their businesses. They're number one. And we really should, you know, celebrate them more and eat more local seafood and support the fishing industry and advocate for our working waterfronts. They're necessary for good food. They're part of our culture here in Maine. And, you know, it just, like we've talked about before, it always breaks my heart when I see stuff like boycott cod in the news because I just think that there's more to that story than what is usually um, told in those articles. Yeah, and I think the final thing that I, I'll just kind of close us out on is that we need people eating seafood that's local seafood. And we're talking about cod right now. But a lot of times if people become uncertain around what they should be buying, they're going to go to something else. And so whether that means that they buy chicken or beef or pork with unknown origins or local origins, right? But I think that sometimes the confusion that we create around fisheries makes it easier for people to make other decisions. And then even if they are going to be choosing fish, maybe they'll choose fish from someplace else that might not have as good of regulations around it. And it might seem healthy and sustainable, but the only way that you can really be sure of that is by sticking to as close to home as possible when you're buying, buying your seafood. This is going to be a, a, a little outside the box, but like the fact that the Conservation Law Foundation is doing this 
is actually a good sign for our fisheries management and a reminder of why you should be eating local seafood, right? Like the Conservation Law Foundation is engaged in fisheries management in the United States. They're paying attention. They are fighting for the future of these fish. And there's a lot of places around the world and there's a lot of seafood at the seafood counter where there's nobody fighting for the future of that fishery. And so I don't necessarily agree with the tactic that CLF took here, but you know, I, I am really supportive of the fisheries management in the United States. And it's because the fishermen are involved and these big NGOs that care deeply about the marine resources are involved in well, and, and, and they've helped to create something that I feel really confident in the long-term sustainability of. And, and they want better. They are always striving for better, and we all want better out there. But I think it is just a reminder that we should feel comfortable making those decisions because there are so many people that are invested in the long-term sustainability of this fishery in the United States. Well said. Thanks for joining me, Monique. Thanks, Ben. Maine Coast Doc Talk is a production of the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association, an industry-based nonprofit that identifies and fosters ways to restore the fisheries of the Gulf of Maine and sustain Maine's fishing communities for future generations. For more information about our work, to make a donation, or to listen to previous episodes of Doc Talk, you can visit our website, maincoastfisherman.org.